0: By 1997, the grunge movement was long gone. For the three years following Kurt Cobain's death, multiple artists had attempted to be the next Cobain with little to no success. So when four music journalists from Seattle formed a band, they made sure that their debut single was a satire of the stupidity of modern rock. Unfortunately, it became Harvey Danger's only hit. This week, I'm joined by my longtime bandmate and current Another Cheetah guitarist, Paul We decide if the band should have had a bigger career, or if it deserved the agony and irony. One hit is all you need to make the money guaranteed, and you can live off royalties forever. And it. Wonder, is it just a wonder, or is it hey paul hello chris hey man uh we're gonna talk about harvey danger today cool. and uh, i'm excited was this your pick or or did we just assume that you were gonna do this song since the composure did a popular cover of this song the latter okay
1: that being said, I'm more than happy to do this one. It's an amazing song.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty cool song. I feel like at the time that it came out, I was a little too cool for it or something. Right. Uh, I think I was too into like punk music, and this song is like pretty it, yeah. punk, punkish. <laughs> but it was just yeah. m- maybe the fact that it was like all over MTV and stuff. I was just too cool for that at the time, you know or what, something.
1: You know what? You're you're already arriving at a conclusion that I have made uh, since covering that song and hearing Harvey Danger's other music and stuff. And you talked about this in a previous podcast where, you know, unfortunately, there's great music out there that, you know, is captured, shall we say, by like major labels and not with this song, of course. But my point is his other music, or their, their other music, rather, did not get a fair shake, really, because it was so completely blown out with how popular that that song got and unfortunately i agree with you i was the same way when this song came out like the fact that it was as popular as it was and you know on the radio and stuff unfortunately i had that closed-minded view uh, like that sellout mentality of of it and couldn't fully appreciate it for as good of a song as it was back then. You know what I mean? Right.
0: Yeah. Nowadays I don't care about that kind of thing, but when you're, you know, we were pretty young when this song came out and you're kind of jaded about anything that's on the radio or anything. If you're, if you're us, (laughs) if you're dudes that are like involved in punk rock music and, uh, it's the 90s and, you know, everybody's yeah. a sellout whether they right. – it, it doesn't <laughs> matter whether they change their sound or – like yeah. that word was just thrown around like
1: Like, like the Blair Witch Trials. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know. <laughs>
0: um, but the song – is pretty cool you know i like it more now than i did then for sure uh it's very it's really clever song yeah oh by the way we should note the name of the band is harvey danger it is not the name of the guy right i'm sure it's a very hooty situation right (laughs) i you
1: know i make that mistake over and over myself even though i know that that's the case you know
0: right so it's pretty interesting the lead singer of the band not harvey danger his name is sean nelson he's actually he was a a music critic at this publication called the stranger in seattle and um even today he still writes and edits uh for that newspaper and and at the time he was in the band he also wrote for that newspaper and his big song is kind of like commentary on the seattle music scene in a way uh i I guess it's kind of a response to grunge music right you know when you you look at the lyrics yeah which matt brought up to me the lyric about the agony and the irony they're killing me right i guess could be in reference to you know the angst of grunge music but at the same time these bands are super popular and rich so what are they so angsty (laughs) about I for guess, sure. yeah. you know, I'm just kind of thinking about that myself, but it seems seems accurate.
1: Absolutely. And and unfortunately, it seems that the band, they were truly and genuinely not for the industry, the monstrous music industry that, you know, chewed them up and spit them out. You know what I mean? They were over. It seemed to be like they were over that before that song even you know what I mean that was not their intention of course you know
0: They were a total self-fulfilling prophecy exactly. <laughs> their, so- their song was complaining about it and then they also were a victim of it I guess right. but I'm sure they made a few bucks in the meantime
1: Yeah exactly and that's 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 great for them and it's an amazing that none of that changes the fact that it's a great song
0: Right one of the things that you know having you on This episode. You're a person who is so well-versed in the world of music theory and uh, has a real deep understanding of music. I wanted to talk to you a little bit about, are there any specific unique things about this song musically that stand out to you, whether it's a riff or whether it's a melody or whether it's a chord change or anything like that, that makes this song stand out to you, especially since you covered it. Yeah. You know, you have a an even deeper I guess yeah. you could say understanding of the song
1: right right well first of all it's amazing to me that a song any pop song can achieve like that kind of success when the course itself is three chords that's nothing surprising but the 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 three chords that they are are just very hard to make a catchy melody for do you know what i mean like right yeah the song itself uh, i I have no other way of explaining this it's in as far as i know the key of d right so the course itself is a d to an e minor then to a c natural back to a d which that's fine and for people that are even more knowledgeable about theory and music than than i am would say you know whatever that's fine there plenty can be done with that but it's to me though you know when when you when you listen to pop music when you listen to the radio when you listen to the things that, that get popular that's not some that's not a that's not a very good jumping off point for if you're if you're setting out to like write a smash hit right. you know.
0: so it's actually it's pretty impressive yeah to step outside of the normal chord progressions you would hear you hear in 95% of hit songs it's a right. it's a real challenge to write a song it's not necessarily a challenge to write a song that's outside of that but to write a song that becomes huge that is outside of that realm is pretty rare because subconsciously the human mind wants to hear that normal chord progression with resolution that your mind is your mind is expecting and it's like satisfying and to have something different than that can you? I don't want to put you on the spot, but can you think of other... Are there any songs that come to mind when you think of like, oh, I can't believe that a song with that chord progression yeah. became a hit?
1: Yeah, I'm sure I could think of more, better examples. But um, the very first one that just flashed in my mind when you said that was um, S- Somebody I Used to Know. Is that oh, what yeah, called? yeah, Gautier. Yeah, there's an example of a song that when I critically listen to it, it does not make sense to me why it was as popular why it did as well as it did now that being said i'm glad for that you know what i mean like we need more of that and kudos to the songwriter right right to make that work but that's that's one example of something like that i'm sure i could think of others but no that's great yeah it's striking
0: one thing i always on these episodes like to take a look at is when the song became popular what was going on in the world of music what other things were popular Right. Because that, having that backdrop is pretty interesting. It is. Flagpole Sitta <laughs> peaked at number three on modern rock charts. And, it, and at the time, it was behind Fuel Shimmer. You know that song? Yeah, I do. I like that song. Yeah, it's a good one. And Goo Goo Dolls Iris. So, Ooh. yeah, some pretty good jams.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Did the composure also... Wait, you did yeah. Goo Goo's... Was it, the, was it yeah. Iris?
1: No, oh. it was Slide.
0: Oh, Slide, that's right. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Uh that's a good song too. For sure. You know, it seemed like in general, I mean Irish and Shimmer and this song, that seemed like a pretty good time for if you're gonna turn on whatever, rock radio.
1: <laughs> right. It's
0: pretty decent stuff, you know? It's not yeah. terrible. It's not new metal.
1: Yeah, no. I couldn't agree more. They're contending. That song was contending with other actually good songs at the time. Yeah,
0: right. I mean, on the the other side of that coin, though, that, that same year, which thing was ninety seven. One of the biggest songs of that year was Barbie Girl. So, oh. so uh, I don't know if uh, you know, right. maybe in the world yeah. of rock, things were kind of cool, not yeah. as cool as a few years before, uh, right you know, a few years before we've talked about this on other episodes, but like how lucky we were like, you're, you're a little younger than me, but we're still like in the same age range to, I would say so to have experienced the same things, but how lucky we were to have been young and impressionable in the time of Weezer and green day and so many good bands and not five to eight years earlier when we, we may have been only exposed to like, hair metal and things right. like that so like yeah. we were we, we were born in a pretty sweet spot for yes. hitting really good music i like to always think that like the best music is continually happening now but if I, if you told me like okay you have to choose an era between 1980 and 2010 i would have went, okay i want to have been impressionable at 1993 and 94 so yes I was early l- 90s very, for sure very lucky for that yeah uh but that being said this being a little bit later in the 90s still some all right stuff i kind of feel like the world of music started it got away from the real emotion and like craziness of i mean some of those songs like on on nevermind and things like that that were just so wild and and I mean, in utero too, and and I don't know, dissonant and crazy. Yeah, and then I think things got a little more like, oh, we're taking the influence of Nirvana, in that world, but we're going to make it really polished and right nicer in the lady ni- later nineties. And uh, y- you yes. know, I, yes. I, I like the the more raw stuff. I'm sure that for sure, most people probably do. I'm trying to look into this band a little bit more yeah they definitely faded away quickly after this song they are a true one-hit wonder
1: unfortunately for them and all due respect to them that's kind of how we have to categorize this song right
0: coming into the episode we know every song is a one-hit wonder and we'll get to we'll get to a little bit later was it one-hit thunder meaning the band was actually awesome or whatever or was it a one-hit blunder as in Wow, how yeah. did this song get big? I think that it's probably yeah. no secret that we we both think this band is pretty good. <laughs> right. I dug into their catalog a little bit more, uh, especially while I was eating breakfast, and uh, it's pretty good. I, in a strange way, maybe it's just the style of the singing because it's not like there's like piano featured or something, but they were kind of remind me of like the world of Benfold's 5 or something like that. Something about them, and I, I don't know what it is. It could just be no. the the sound of that time or something like that but
1: it could be it could be I think that I don't know like what kind of musician the singer is I mean like you see him like fiddling around with keys or pianos or stuff like that like in some of the videos or images of them but a lot of it Could be a lot of those songs, I could see them being stripped down to single instrument and vocals and be very emotionally charged, you know, song that that still has its full integrity. You know what I mean? Right. These could have been like singer songwriter style songs, but they had this really good band behind them. Right, Dude, the guitar tones on some of these songs are just so gnarly, you know, right? so trashy at times, but still great great guitar tones and just a lot of energy in its looseness you know
0: well now that i think about it, they they definitely fit right into that world i don't know if, if they're as good or, or not and pr- i'd probably say not just based on the fact they only released a couple albums and and whatever went away whereas yeah. but they, they would kind of fit in the world of like super drag and not a surf yeah the, the, all those bands are from around the same time it's just that the others kind of like continued after the right. success, regardless of not amounting to that hit that they had. They they kept going, whereas this band was kind of like, I ah, will do one more. Yeah. They did a second album and then whatever. That was one of those stories about.
1: Yeah. Shelved.
0: Shelved or something yeah. like something along those lines. I think it did come out, but to no fanfare or anything. Right. And right. then they released one more in 2005, which they released free on BitTorrent uh, and then okay. and then later made a physical version available. They were kind of yeah. a little bit ahead, a little bit too ahead of the curve on that. Right. In, two, yeah. in 2005, people were still buying CDs, as you and I know. In, two, in Exactly. Punchline Action out and people bought CDs like crazy.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that know? was the world we were in. Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> that was great. That was so good.
0: That was so cool when you could play in a band and people would actually buy your music <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, and come see yeah, your shows. Yeah, that and, uh, was, uh, yeah. That was that was pretty cool. That was great. Yeah, they're one of these unfortunate stories. I hate to like lump them in any kind of like generality at all but like they're one of these you know unfortunate major label stories you know they took this great band with so much potential and just like sucked them dry right and, and just closed the lid on them
0: it's crazy what i notice about this song and and it's something to keep in mind like we playing another cheetah now together yeah. and something that i've kind of learned over the years is I feel like when we were young younger we were very focused on making the musical aspects really stick out and not and having the the vocals be like an instrument in the mix and not yeah. but now we realize those vocals have to be way out front and the more people can understand those vocals and really know what you're saying the more popular Or the better shot that song has of becoming big, and this song, there's no doubt at any moment in this song, you are hearing exactly what this guy is saying. He is saying these lyrics so decipherably, I guess it would be like you understand exactly what he's saying. And he has a very uh, recognizable, unique voice. Yeah, it's like you could take the vocal track from this song and just play that, and people could (laughs) sing. You know, people could sing along, and and you would know this song. That's that's how important the vocals are on this song you know yeah it's
1: integral you know
0: yeah they they are so in your face and i kind of think that maybe that's a big part of why the song was so popular it's yeah a lot of lyrics they're they're clever they're fun to sing along to and you hear them you know right right like some of these like i was listening to my bloody valentine the other day and i don't, uh, I don't know how familiar you are with them but their vocals much but... their vocals are su- such just a layer <laughs> and right and it's like the guitars are so much louder than the vocals yeah that the vocals are just kind of like an instrument in the mix and i feel like right the Strokes have done that a lot. Mm-hmm. So there are bands that can buck that rule that the vocals right. have to be super out front, but usually it's to the average person. They that's the most important thing about a song.
1: Oh yeah. Lucky Land
0: Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
1: Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Ha ha in my dentist's office.
0: I'm a busy guy, and getting to eat restaurant quality meals that are ready to heat and eat in two minutes has been amazing. Eating better is easy with Factor's Delicious, Ready to Eat Meals. Every fresh, never frozen meal is chef crafted, dietitian approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You have 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. And also, there are more than 60 add ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. I've been spreading the word to everyone I know, not just here on the podcast, but in person as well. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. You get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the math doesn't lie. Factor is less expensive than takeout. Plus, considering every meal is dietitian approved, it's also nutritious and delicious. So what are you waiting for? Get started today by heading to factormeals.com slash 1HIT50 and use the code 1HIT50 to get 50% off. That's code 1HIT50, the words 1HIT and the number 50 that is, at factormeals.com slash 1HIT50 to get 50% off.
1: No doubt. No doubt. And when you hear that song, I mean, there's there's no question that the vocals are by far the loudest thing in the mix. And like you said, so unique sounding and deliberate.
0: Yeah, it's one of those songs. I don't I don't know if there's enough lyrics in this song to put it in that category, but I personally am always trying to write that song, which is that song with a billion lyrics that yeah. like, if you can sing that whole song, if you can recite that, then, then that's impressive. And those right. songs- those songs that come to mind are like, we didn't start the fire and it's the end of the world as we know really? it.
1: Punk rock girl.
0: Oh yeah. Punk rock girl is a perfect example. I was going to yeah. say, uh, if you know that bad religion song, stranger than fiction. Oh yeah. Just like so many lyrics. And yeah, I think that's cool. You know,
1: absolutely. When you have so much to say that you can't even fit it in one song, yeah. right?
0: <laughs> but you do anyway.
1: Yeah. You somehow work it out. Yeah. Right.
0: And this is kind this is kind of that way. It's definitely yeah. fun to sing along if you were drunk in a bar on 90s night and this song came on and there were 10 other people that were singing every other, every word that would be what's so cool about it is oh we yeah. all, we all know all these words, you know.
1: Yeah, explosive, you know. <laughs> yeah, Energy. for sure. For sure. Yeah. yeah, covering it, somebody in the band reached out and said like hey check out our cover of your song you know and (laughs) actually got a response in some way shape or form i wish i knew exactly who and what they said and and like how this went down and the singer i get i'm assuming you know his response was exactly what you would expect just totally like yeah cool that's great thanks but i'll probably not gonna check it out like (laughs) like what a dick i know but I should be careful I don't know exactly what he said but it was basically like yeah <laughs> thanks and all but uh, that's <laughs> we have no. other better songs or something you know to that effect yeah well still
0: <laughs> Harvey danger no. is is not okay they had one hit you got to be a little bit more appreciative of yes you know I'm sure the song is has been covered a bunch of times but you guys yeah. did. A really good version <laughs> of it. Like you definitely did right. the best cover ever of Flagpole cool. Sitta. And the Spotify stats will prove that. You guys have like half a million plays or something on your cover of Flagpole Sitta. I, I didn't look at what exactly they are, but it's impressive. <laughs> You guys did a real real good job of
1: it. Oh well, yeah, thanks. It's a great song and with plenty of room for presentation with moving it around, seeing how it sounds as a fast punk song, seeing how it sounds as like you know, sludgy and heavy or whatever, but it already is kind of sludgy and heavy in its original form. But yeah, it's just such a good song that like it can be kind of taken any way, you know?
0: Right. On the other side of that coin, in another cheat of the band we play together, we did a cover of The Bangles' Walk Like an Egyptian and they actually posted it. <laughs> the actual Bangles posted it and said that the song rocks. And, and The Bangles had multiple hits and The right. Bangles are way more of a household name than harvey danger yeah and so i'm just gonna say the Bengals are a (laughs) lot cooler than harvey danger harvey (laughs) harvey danger he's sitting and i am gonna start referring to harvey danger as just the guy (laughs) i I picture that that nerd singer like you got me a little mad now that nerd singer probably uh writing talking shit on music yeah in his little newspaper and someone <laughs> sends up a song and he has to be a smart ass about it right <laughs> even right. i know you said you don't know exactly what he said but still right. but still yeah i don't care <laughs> if someone covered a punchline song and sent it to me you know i'd definitely check it out and regardless of whether it was just okay or awesome or whatever like i'm 100 percent right. flattered that someone would take the time to like my band's song enough to cover it what the fuck
1: <laughs> and yeah, take the time, spend a little bit of money possibly right. on doing so. And yeah, yeah, for sure. No, I agree. I couldn't agree more. But there is, of course, it's kinda hard though when as an artist, when all your other material has been just so pushed aside and forgotten about or
0: yeah, you know Yeah, yeah. I <laughs> I know that's probably how Harvey looks at it. But uh, yeah, uh,
1: <laughs> Harvey the man.
0: But you and I both know that's such bullshit.
1: Because- yeah, no no, let it be known i agree with you 100 percent. it's i'm more or less playing devil's advocate you know? right
0: because you and i have been playing music forever and have such extensive catalogs of music that we've released into the world and we would both kill to have a flagpole sit up because that would mean if nothing yeah. else it would give us a little bit of notoriety and royalty money to be able to more easily continue making music as a primary way to exist (laughs) instead of instead of the other the other side of that which is you know you and I are going to make music no matter what till we die right like it's just in us at this point it's not like one day you're gonna wake up and be like I'm not gonna Write music anymore or whatever? Fuck that! I'm not. I'm not gonna do that. So we do whatever it takes to be able to do that, Uh, whatever sacrifices we have to make or whatever. So you know, I can't sympathize too much when people complain about having a hit. And I think it's cool when bands embrace that hit. Yeah. You know, a good example of that is we just had as a guest on our podcast. We had Matt from Wiedos, and Wiedos totally embraces teenage dirtbag and why wouldn't right. you why, yeah. why, why wouldn't you it's a beloved song that yeah. has stood the test of time and allows the band to continue making music whatever 25 years later however many right. years it's been and will f- for the rest of their lives probably
1: yeah. do that yes so yes. yeah
0: i can't i can't sympathize with uh harvey too much
1: yeah right exactly now that was our experience, that was our response to getting a hold of him or to, of him, Harvey, right? Getting a hold and sending them the song and just being like, hey, check it out if you'd like. And so that was their response and like, whatever, you know, but I did see something where the singer did say at some point that he recognizes that even though it was like a flash in the pan, you know, fad type of thing that they did in fact inspire kids or, you know, younger people to get into music. And for that side of it, he's grateful. You know what I mean? For That's cool. Everything. Yeah. So he has at least made that distinction. Yeah. You know,
0: hey, I was just thinking about another so- the song that you and I covered together uh, was, you know, in Punchline, we did a cover of the Get Up Kids Holiday. Yeah for like a Get Up Kids tribute album and uh-huh. I think that the response we got from them was actually like really funny because wasn't it I kind of think that we decided hey we could just like cover this song how it is make it like punk but we decided to do like a island version of it for <laughs> for lack yeah. of a better way to put it and i love it i love how we did that song you know i i I don't know if you it's pretty reggae-ish i guess but it's all it's more like lounge island or something like that right but basically i think that the singer (laughs) the get up kids i don't know if steve sent it to him or whatever and his Mm. his response to it was basically something along the lines of like what the fuck is this?
1: (laughs) Yeah. What did you do? (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I thought that, I think that's funny.
1: (laughs) That is funny. That is funny. You know, what is also funny to note is that, do you remember the other option when we were working out the different things we could do? The other option that we were considering was like a super fast, fat records style version of that song
0: oh yeah i don't remember that but that would have been cool too
1: yeah that's what i'm saying so we were definitely like just trying to like be extreme with our cover of that song you know what i mean and i think
0: that sometimes is what you should do like i say this as a guy who released a cover album (laughs) a cover ep with punchline last year where we did weezer we did uh, Weezer. The world has turned left me here. Exactly mm-hmm. how Weezer did it. Just because I don't know. It's just such a good song, and like, but yeah. but at the same time, I've done a lot of covers of songs that like you want to make it your own. You want to yeah. put your own touches on it and make it a whole new thing. Right? Can you think of any songs where you like the cover? better than the original.
1: Yeah, I would need a second to really think about that, but I do know for certain that is the case. But go on. What is your I
0: love UB40 covering Elvis Can't Help Falling in Love with you?
1: Yeah, for sure. There's one.
0: Talk to Matt about this on an earlier episode. I love Fiona Apple's cover of Across the Universe.
1: Yeah, man. That I heard I listened to that episode. I yeah, I couldn't agree more.
0: I mean, it's so good. I mean, and it's so it's very rare that someone's that I would say that someone does a song better than the Beatles did it themselves. Exactly. But I would say maybe, that might be a stretch, but maybe as good as, (laughs) you know?
1: Right. I think the only reason that you're making that distinction, like, because we are talking about the Beatles. Right. I mean, like, (laughs) I'm with you. I, I like Fiona Apple's cover of that song better than the original, recognizing that the original is a feat in and of itself that cannot be overstated.
0: Right. I know I I should have prepared like a list of, because there's probably like a hundred covers that I like better than the original.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Same.
0: But you always got to give credit to the original considering the cover wouldn't exist without the original. Obviously. Yeah, Yeah. Obviously. That almost brings you back to the conversation of like writers versus performers like what, yeah. what would you, if you had to choose, you're a writer and a performer. Uh-huh. Um, but if you had to choose being known for writing or known for performing. So if you're known for writing, you might not be a household. known. Yeah. you People might Very not known know, at your, all. know your name yep. or whatever. You, you're still making a lot of money and you're successful, but you might not. Or would you rather be an amazing performer who's, well known and you're crazy talented at your craft. What let's say in this instance it's singing. Right. But you don't write your own songs.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, what tough, what would man. you
0: ra- what would you rather be? An out of this world talent performing or out of this world talent at writing.
1: That's so hard. You and I know the rush we you feel when performing and how there's no other substitute for that feeling right right there's nothing that can give you what that gives you but there's also to be able to create the content that you then perform right the fact that that is now in the fabric of history right and that you have made a mark on this planet no matter how big or small you know you have Major mark, you know, in this world and potentially with, you know, a heavy hand really changing things or, or having an effect. That's the thing, man. Like you said, we've been doing this for years and, you know, you could rate our success, you know, uh, however you like. Right. But we have even influenced people to either play music, write music just get into music on any level, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah.
0: hey, the, the thing is, like, I downplay. You yeah. and I have played music together for a long time, whether it's in Punchline, yeah. Another Cheetah, where, wherever we're, we're doing, I'll downplay that a lot when I'm talking about it. But we came up in a music scene where we saw people that we literally are friends with become more successful than even the <laughs> bands we thought were successful when we were right. young,
1: like yeah,
0: 50 times that. So like- yeah. We always have this uh, grass is always greener point of view about success in making music. But the fact of the matter is, on the other hand of that, I realize this and never take it for granted. We are more successful than ninety nine point nine percent of people that play music, you know, like because we got to travel the world. We got to release music and have a lot of people play buy it and like in punchline you, you put it all together we've sold hundreds of thousands of albums like that is yeah. that is that's crazy but we all we're always just looking to you know oh we don't have platinum albums on our walls or whatever right. like and the, obviously the monetary aspect of it
1: yeah obviously
0: <laughs> you know but at the same time hey it's never too late for a good song
1: Oh, I I really think
0: I really think that the fact that we haven't achieved that huge level of success that you're always striving for, not because you want to be a pop star, but because you want to be able to continue making music and and have that be all you got to do. The fact that we haven't achieved that, I think, keeps us, in my opinion, anyway, striving to write our best music ever And never phoning it in. So that means that like, as we get older, maybe we're going to write our best or most popular songs. Whereas like a band that blew up 10, 15 years ago off of a song then gets comfortable in life and doesn't have those, that same fire or inspiration and the music suffers. And you see that it's so rare that that doesn't happen. I know a band that I I really love, who I think keeps pushing and keeps making better music, and has made me such a fi- is, is Paramore. I love yeah. Paramore, and I feel like Haley keeps making awesome music, and and in my opinion, keeps getting better and better. And she's like an exception to the rule.
1: And how cool is it that you you know were label mates and yeah. got to tour together? And- yeah,
0: we toured with them in Japan. She was 17 years old at the time, and and even then watching her like sing in a record store. I was like, Oh my God. She's so, she's so good that like, I could never be like envious of her. She's like, she's like a a generation. She's a generational talent. She's like insanely. So like when I see that, then you know there there are those people out there that are so good that you're like, well, no, I can't yeah. I can't bitch about my success sa- my successor lack of it because there are people out right. there that are so so good that like yeah, but that's not always how it happens. But no, of course not. We'll we'll wrap this up for for Harvey Dane, Danger Flagpole Sitta, I would say it's One Hit Thunder. It's a it's a good song and I like it even more than I did when it came out.
1: I agree, one hundred percent.
0: Yeah, and there. If you check out the rest of their music, it's definitely worth checking out. It's on par with Flagpole yeah. Sita as far as like quality. It's not like it was an album where it's like, oh, Flagpole Sita rules, and the rest of this sucks. It's it's right. all good. It's all
1: yes, it is all good, and it's all in the same vein. It's all it all has that energy that Flagpole Sita has. It all has that punk rock, you know, feel and delivery, especially. Hell yeah, you know? yeah.
0: Hell yeah, man. Well, hey, thanks. For coming on the podcast, man.
1: Dude, thanks so much for asking me. I yeah. I'm really happy about can't, it. Can't wait thanks. for
0: this quarantine to be over so I can see and make some music with you.
1: I know, so we can hang out, play some, perform some music, and write some music together. And that'd be again. great. Yeah. Cool, man. This has been One Hit Thunder. One Hit Thunder is produced by Matt Kelly as part of the Geekscape Network and hosted by Chris Vafalias of the bands Punchline, Pack, and Another Cheetah. You're hearing Lucky by another cheetah featuring Chris and this week's guest Paul. Visit punchlion.com for updates as well as news, merch, and future tour dates. Let us know your thoughts on the show by emailing us at onehitthunderpodcast at gmail.com. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting app and stay safe out there. We'll be back next week with another episode of One Hit Thunder.
0: So lucky like me. you are so. so listening to the geekscape Network That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. avoid were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
1: What's up, everyone? This is Jay Reason. And I want to let you all know that Diablo Zen podcast is now part of the sound talent media family. Listen in as me and the one and only Danny Diablo, aka Lord Ezak, interview artists from the hardcore, punk, metal, hip hop scenes and beyond. We have conversations with guests like actor Peter Green, DJ Muggs from Cypress Hill. LA street photographer Estevan Oriol, Jimmy G from New York City's legendary Murphy's Law, and pro wrestler Vampiro, to name a few. If you're a fan of good discussions and lots of laughs, tune in and join the fun.